Hello, I'm James Van Osdell, and welcome to episode 738 of Carcon Carne, or if you're from Chicago, episode 738. This is a special episode. This is another panel replay from Chicago Podcast Day. So Chicago Podcast Day happened in May. It was the first ever event. It was a day full of panels, presentations, discussions, education, and community building. Podcasting is a very solo sport. It's a solo operation. We podcasters do it in our homes, in our basements, in back rooms, and in some cases our cars. And we don't often get the chance to network and share ideas. And that was the idea behind Chicago Podcast Day. And I'm hoping we get to do another one later this year. So lots of great panels happened over the course of the day. And this one I think is really interesting because if you look around small businesses, big companies, entrepreneurs, the demand for branded podcasts seems to be at an all-time high. And that was the focus of this panel you're about to hear. My guests for the panel were Patrick Brower, who's been a comic book retail pro for over three decades. He co-hosts Challengers Comics and Conversation, which is a great business podcast or a podcast about the business of running a, a small brick and mortar in Bucktown in Chicago. Alex Stewart is my other guest on this panel. She is the founder and owner of Sassy Confetti. She is textbook successful entrepreneur, and she has so many great insights. Patrick and Alex are my guests for this panel from Chicago Podcast Day, creating a branded podcast. It's Car Con Carne. Let's eat in the car. It's Car Con Carne. And now here's the star of our show, James Van Our next panel is Creating a Branded Podcast. I'm going to bring our guests out. Our first one is Alex Stewart. She is the founder and owner of the blog and Instagram account Sassy Confetti, where she talks about all things Chicago, restaurants, plus-size fashion, and body positivity. She's also the host of the successful podcast Swipe Fat with co-host Nikki Nunez that chronicles the dating life of two plus-size women in Chicago. The podcast has been featured in Huffington Post, Distractify, and Scary Mommy. They've been guests on The Confident Collective and Demona Hoffman's podcast, Dates and Mates. In addition to her Instagram account and podcast, Alex also has an e-commerce store, Bedwine, where she sells items for drinking wine in bed. We're talking loungewear, wine glasses, and more. That's fantastic stuff. Alex Stewart. Our next panelist... Uh, brought me a gift, brought me a comic book because he owns a comic book store. His name is Patrick Brower. He's been a comic book retail professional for 32 years. Have any of you had a job for over 30 years? I, honestly. He's the co-owner of Chicago's Eisner award-winning comic shop, Challengers Comics and Conversation. He's also the co-host of the long-running comics industry business podcast, Contest of Challengers. Patrick Brower. I was promised pyro, and I <laughs> no. did not receive pyro. So I'll start with you, Alex, and Patrick, I'll, I'll throw the same question to you. When did you decide that podcasting was a good idea for your business? Uh, okay, so I, <laughs> I had a friend who was in radio, and I went up to her one day, and I was like, I really want to start a podcast. Um, I have no idea 
what I want to talk about. And she was like, I would not start a podcast. <laughs> and um, I was like, well, I know I have a lot to say um, because I already have an Instagram account and people seem to really be um, into that. I have a, a good amount of followers and they're, like, they're saying that they want something, right? Like YouTube content or a podcast. Um, so she, she was like, you need a theme though. Like you can't just like sit and talk about whatever, right? You need something to talk about. Um, and she uh, reached out to me one day and she's like, I have an idea. It's really hard for us to date as plus size women. Would you want to do a podcast together? And I was like, absolutely, yes, let's do it. Um, especially because mostly I talk a lot about body positivity. So it seemed like it made sense. It wasn't directly related to Sassy Confetti, my overall brand, but it made sense. It fit in um, what I do normally. So I could talk about that on my um, Instagram account and it would make sense that I was talking about it because it's something I was already talking about dating but on a larger sense so that's how it started Patrick contest of challengers for me my comic store opened its doors in 2008 and after a year or so we realized that the idea of getting people to experience challengers as more than just the store they go into for 10 minutes a week or whatever we wanted to give them something that put challengers with them in their personal life, at home, in the car, wherever, and we thought, hey, here's a podcast, so people can always think about the store and think about the experience they have, but also it was a way to, uh, initially, we were interacting with customers so they could share their experiences, and we would thought maybe that other people would say, oh, like, that sounds great, I want to do that as well, and then it evolved into more of a, a business podcast, but it was simply, just from the beginning, the idea was an added benefit, an added value to the store, like taking the store with you wherever you go. When I opened up the event today, I talked about words like honesty and authenticity. And I think for any podcast host, these are critical things. Being like, not, not playing a game, not putting on, putting on airs, you are who you are. And what I like about Contest of Challengers is the fact that it's warts and all, it is transparent. It's, it hey, is we, mainly warts. <laughs> hey, we got robbed. Hey. We the registers aren't ringing. Times. Like, you don't pull any punches. You're very honest and forthright. Let's talk a little bit about finding your authentic self, finding your voice as a podcaster. I'll go to you, Alex. Yeah, I mean, I think um, anything that you're putting out into the world is obviously going to be um, more, like, people are going to be more receptive to it if you're honest and authentic. Um, I find that across any platform. Um, so I think you really just have to be open about sharing. For me personally, ours is about dating. So I, you have to be very open about sharing whatever um, you can because people are going to relate with that. And I think for us, it was um, like our niche is dating as fat women, right? So it's, it's like we want to relate to the women who are also going through the same things as us. And I think that that's where we really connected with our audience was because they were going through the same things that we were. So we had to be like very open and raw and honest about that. Um, and that's how I think we got the, you know, the streaming to where we are now is because people are seeing, um, you know, themselves in us and no one was talking about it um, on, on a podcast. So that was like really important to us was to be able to be like, hey, this is exactly what we're going through. And all these people were like, oh my God, those are our experiences too. So yeah, I think is, be as authentic as you can, um, honest as you can, and that is gonna take you places. 
You said getting streaming to where you are now. Where where are you now? Yeah, we have about five k uh, streams uh, weekly on that's our amazing. podcast. Yeah, that, that's amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Patrick, when you made the decision to just say, "Okay, fuck it," we're going to talk about whatever happens. Was it something that you and your partner labored over? Like, I don't know if we should do this. Well, being in the comics industry, it's weird because you have like 2,500 stores in the country that all do the same thing in 2,500 different ways. But the idea of uh, the, how the sausage is made was always a secret. Like, no, no comic shop owner would talk to other cop, comic shop owners about uh, sales numbers or promotions or any of that stuff. And we always thought, who cares? Who cares if you know how many copies of Amazing Spider-Man we sell compared to how many you sell? You know, you're not going to look at our numbers and go, oh my God, their market is great. I should open up across the street from them. No one does that. <laughs> so we didn't know why there was this, this level of secrecy behind it, and we didn't care. And also, if we're trying to explain to you why we make the decisions we make to run our business, it only makes more sense if you have all the numbers in the equation. It doesn't work if we just say, oh, we did it because of what we sell. That's boring, and that doesn't give you any reasoning behind it. So just the idea of telling it as it is was just, you need this information to be able to understand why we make our decisions. And then that kind of honesty turned into such a cathartic way to really complain about everything we hate about our business on a weekly basis. And it really just opened up a whole new world of, oh, man, you come to the store, and my co-owner, Dal Bush, and I, and we are hopefully personable and bright and happy to be around, and then you get to that podcast, and we are the angriest, just meanest people, and it's, we can be good and happy and bright in the store because we have the podcast to say, okay, here's everything that didn't work, and here's why it sucks, and here's why we hate it. And honestly, that's more fun to listen to as well. Nobody wants to hear like, oh, business was great today, and sun was out, yeah. No, you want to hear about the break-ins. You want to hear about uh, the distributors falling apart and everybody flooding <laughs> away and, and all the, the minutiae behind the scenes. That is what makes it interesting, we hope. The fact that we're angry about it makes it a little bit more fun. <laughs> I think you said it there. I, I personally love behind-the-scenes content. I, I think people love the, those peaks behind the curtain. I think for businesses, especially doing a branded podcast, that's a really effective way to communicate what you're doing, to market without being in your face about marketing. The, the question I have is, how have you seen, what kind of results, can you trace results from podcasting efforts to your business? Or can you quantify? Uh, yes, uh, we, um, so we specifically use TikTok as a way to get people to listen to our podcast. Um, and like we had a viral podcast go, or like a TikTok go viral um, pretty soon after we started the podcast. And I, I really attribute that to um, our success because we just started seeing people sharing and um, I don't know, it really just snowballed it. Um, and that was us being authentic and honest, uh, sharing something really stupid that you wouldn't think people would care about on TikTok. And we got like 50K views on it, right? I did like a, I was complaining about The Bachelor one night and I just made a TikTok that got almost 1 million views. Oh I mean, like you, it's, it's crazy, but it, it reaches its audience. TikTok has a really good algorithm. And um, we I can attribute it, that success to our podcast from TikTok, but also to my own personal um, business. Sassy Confetti gained 
Um, I don't know, on Instagram, I think I had 22K followers. I had 25 after five months of us doing the podcast. Um, people were finding me through the podcast um, and were then purchasing clothes through me. So it was giving me more life um, from on my business side as well. So I think it's just, you know, everything works symbolically. But I think for us personally, TikTok was the way to go. Also, I think for sure it definitely has a younger audience, but there is like, um, I don't know, a TikTok for everybody. There's um, dating TikTok. There, you can get, you start, if you go on there, you'll start, they'll serve you up like bread talk. Um, you know, like I really like cleaning talk. There's like all sorts of things and it'll just like, it really gets to know you really well. Um, but we, yeah, somehow we got on Fat Talk and Fat Talk took us to the right people. I think you have to get creative, right? Um, using trending sounds and not, it's like I'm promoting my podcast, but not really, right? Like, so um, we'll make like a funny little, like The Bachelor, that had nothing to do with any of our podcasts at all. But then people found Swipe Fat um, on TikTok and our links all take you to our podcast episodes. So people were like, oh, I thought I was just following some like body positive account, but you actually have this really, or like a dating, you know, TikTok. And then that took them to us. So it's just, if we put up an, um, like a video of us just talking, um, which we do sometimes, those don't usually do very well. Um, it's usually stuff where we're like getting a little creative um, and or we're talking about our dating experiences just to the camera and then people want more so they'll listen to the podcast. Patrick, can you quantify how the podcast has... I can. Uh, first I will say as far as TikTok goes that Alex is absolutely right. Whenever we talk about a book or say, look at this amazing story, well I loved it, nobody cares. When we do really stupid things or hurt ourselves on camera, a lot of views. But the, I, I said before we started the, the, the Contents of Challengers podcast to get you to take challenges with you wherever you go. That's true, but brass tacks, we did it to increase business. You know, we wanted our brand to expand. And the number of people that listen to our podcast within the comics industry itself, as far as publishers and other retailers, is really high. And we get a lot of really great feedback from industry people. And that's great. We're not trying to reach them. We're trying to reach you, people in Chicago, who could literally come to my store. So when we get people from out of town who say, hey, I found out, I found out about, about your store from your podcast or listen to your podcast, the very first thing I always say is, I'm sorry. And then, why did you come here? But when people are actually coming to your store because they heard you, your podcast, that's great, and that's a quantifiable uh, thing. You can say, oh, this, this worked. But ultimately... What we're doing is putting our personas, which hopefully are the real personas of Patrick and Dow, into your mind, and we're becoming characters that you interact with when we're not there. When you hear us and we're not there, you build a relationship with people, which we all do as we listen to podcasts. Uh, this may be a dumb question, but show of hands, who here actually has a podcast now? Oh, wow. That's okay, awesome. and who here wants a podcast? Okay. So we all interact and listen to podcasts. I'm sure there's podcasts you listen to from people you don't know, but you then kind of develop a relationship with them, even though you never met them. And that is what people do with all podcasts, but that's what people do with Contents of Challengers, even people that know us, and it really gives them the feeling of knowing us 
more than they actually do. So it cultivates a much stronger relationship, which is a stronger bond, which is more of a, oh no, that's my store. Because a store is only as good as its customers and the loyalty they have. We always tell people that the only thing they ever owe us is the comics they've already bought. But the fact that people have a personal stake in us as human beings or characters, either one applies, that comes from the podcast. And that is something that we would, it would take a lot longer to build up in 10, 15 minute intervals once a week, as opposed to adding an extra hour, hour and a half every week to that. Patrick said something that I think is worth repeating or just dropping anchor on for a second. Podcasting, audio entertainment, whether it's radio or podcasting, it's one-on-one. -on -one. When you're talking on your show, you're talking directly to the person consuming that content. I always kind of cringe when I hear podcasters say, okay, you guys, or hey, everybody. Oh God, I, I hate that. It, I hate it, that in every marketing email I get. Like, you're not talking to a room, you're talking to me. Well, that's it. I mean, when, when you're listening to a podcast, I mean, it's a very intimate experience. It's, you know, maybe you're wearing headphones or you're alone in your car. It's one-on-one, -on -one. and it's a, it's a really simple thing I think podcasters can do is know who you're talking to. You're talking to the one person on the other end of things. Whenever we refer to whoever's listening, I will say, uh, and to you, dear listener, singular. Yes. Alex, what do you wish you had known when you started the podcast, or was there anything you did to change direction or Audible? Oh, that's a good question. Was that a um, pun with Audible, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, okay. Uh, we were, like, early on, we were approached to do a, like, so, some guy found us on TikTok and was like, I want you to do a dating show. Um, and we, di we did that. Um, I wish that uh, I didn't take every opportunity. Where, where, where is that? Is yeah, that I know. It's, please don't watch it. Um, <laughs> it was, like, a virtual, because it was during the pandemic, so they were like, let's do this, like, virtual date. It was very, it didn't, it wasn't great. Um, I think we thought it would like do make us like have more content or whatever. And I think it just made us like angry at each other. So if you do listen to the podcast in the middle, I feel like it's like we're we're angry. You hit your groove, or no? No, we we were like pissed at each other a lot because we were <laughs> together so much. I have a co-host, and it was like too much. I think um, you have to if you if you have a co-host. I think that's a big thing that we learned is the balance. Um, Are you supposed to not be angry at your co-host yeah, all the time? Oh. I that's know that that's different. You seem huh. like you guys have balance, though. Huh. We did not have the balance. Um, but finding that balance for us was really difficult. And I think I, I wish I had known um, how much we needed to be together. And I don't know, like just if it business, friendship, relationship, how you put that all together. So I think you need to have boundaries is what I'm saying. That's great advice. And Haima said it in his podcasting 101 session at the beginning. Having a, a partner is hard it's to, hard. two different goals, two different work ethics, yeah. two and different approaches. you have approaches. to make sure you guys know exactly what you're doing. And you have to be in lockstep. Yeah, like who's working on what? Mm -hmm. um, and not getting mad at each other when someone's doing more than the other. Like Nikki mm -hmm. does all of the editing and I do a lot of the advertising um, and getting us sponsors and partnerships and that sort of stuff. So, but I think like if, I wish we had had that conversation earlier on. Um, of sort of like, this is how it's going to work. We always talked money, like, you know, 50-50, but who's doing what and when was never really discussed, and I think that's really important. Patrick, what do you wish you had known when you started Contest of Challengers? Uh, I just want to jump into the end of that last discussion, and there are episodes of Contest of Challengers that I turned off after seven minutes because we just got so mad at each other, like, no, we're not doing this, forget it. 
And then there would be weeks where I would just do them by myself without Dow and not tell him. <laughs> uh, but one of the things, and that, but I mean, that, that is, it's all part of uh, a business relationship and, you know, working together and then doing this after the fact. Uh, what I wish we didn't do in the beginning is we wanted to give it a full story experience. So we recorded live in the store and the microphone would pick up everything, whether it be the air conditioner up above or a truck rumbling by on the highway or thunder or rain. All that ambient noise got picked up and was part of it. And because we're in a giant wide open store, it was a lot more echoey than we would want it as well. But we were too lazy to change that, especially because our first iteration was interviewing customers. We're doing it while they're, they're shopping. So uh, it took us a while to realize we have to get out of the store and go to a dedicated spot where we can control the environment. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we went through you know, a whole bunch of different devices and, and ways to record. And we would, I, I looked at uh, a pro wrestler, Colt Cabana, has a great podcast, The Art of Wrestling. And he did a couple live in the store. And I'm like, what is that gear you're using? Because you could plug your uh, iPod directly into it and it had cross mics at the end. So I went and bought one of those and it never worked right for me. And <laughs> I was just, you know, anything anybody else is using. I'm like, I'll try that. It took a while to, find, to get the setup that, that we use now. And now we've been doing it for so long, it's just second nature. Is there anyone in the room who's thinking about creating a branded podcast or a podcast for the brand? A couple people? All right, with that, what should a brand think about in developing or concepting a podcast, Alex? I'll, the, or, one of the things, I'm sorry, I, just, no, I, thought, you, I thought you were throwing it to everybody. Go. Sorry. No, we'll have, we'll have um, turns. I'll get in there. Yeah. So the, the way I look now is the way I look all the time. This is what I, how I dress at the store, and this is how we appear in, in any conventions we go to or anything else. And it's like a costume. It's, it's part of our brand. Dal is the same way, although he'll wear a jacket, and I won't wear a jacket. Also, he's, uh, we, we, he looks like, we look like a um, bowling ball and a bowling pin next to each other because he's very, very tall and thin. So we're very uh, and distinct in how we look, but that is how we look everywhere. And even when we're shopping in Bucktown or if we happen to go to a movie together, people are always like, hey, it's the comic guys. I prefer, hey, it's the challengers guys. But still, you get recognized because we always look and act the same. And challengers, the store, is very brand heavy, uh, oftentimes people think we're part of a chain and think that, you know, there's, there's corporate strategy and, and there's a bunch of stores that look like this. No, it's just us. We just, from the beginning, knew we needed to have a look, a gimmick, a color scheme, a symbol, something. And that carries over to the podcast as well. You know, you, you have uh, sayings, you know. Uh, Keep reading comics is how we end every, every podcast. We have uh, a, a dedicated introduction done by this gentleman right here that we've built up over the years. And again, that was a thing like, oh, Colt Cabana has a, a, the same intro to his, we need to do something like that. So all the little decisions add up to be part of your overall brand, your overall look, and that's the kind of thing you want associated with you wherever you go. All right, Alex. Yeah, I mean, that's a great answer. Um, that's why I went first. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I'm like, same. And that's my answer. Um, yeah, I think it's really important to have that, again, it's the conversation with, especially if you have a co-host, um, what you, you have to have like a vision, a mission almost, like write that down. Um, we, ha we put together a full creative um, like package. Now I can't remember what the name of that is. Like, like a brief? Yeah, like a brief, but also with our color schemes. Um, yeah, kind of. Business plan? No. Thanks to everyone, though. <laughs> we gave it a good shot. Yeah. 
Um, so we have like, you know, the logo, the everything that's going to be the same, right, all the time. Um, we had like a song that we um, we're not allowed to use anymore, but um, we used that in our opening. Um, everything had to have like a theme of like, you know, exactly what we wanted and what that vision and theme of what the podcast was, definitely. And I think um, what you're saying about, you know, us as personalities is definitely a thing too. We get recognized now as well. Um, we took a lot of photo shoots and so we could repurpose that photos for content. Um, but we also started doing events too. Um, so we do meetups once a month now um, and people come to those and um, that's been really lucrative. So I think, you know, it's just making sure that you're all on the same page and you have that look and feel, mission, vision board, whatever it is before you start. Events, if and when we do something like this again, I think that's a whole another panel to dive into, how to take podcasting to an in-person event, because I think there's so much I would love to learn. Yeah, there's a lot. From people. <laughs> all right, Alex and Patrick will be hanging out. Um, I'm, let's take the time to thank them for their wisdom and their insight and participation today. And let's take time to thank James and Oswald for helping put this entire thing together so we can all take part in it. Thank you, James. Thank you.